This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. This is Dofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. I'm laughing because we're in the same room for like about the second time this year and uh, Charlie just counted himself in. Well, we're so used to Mike Hal doing it. It's so comforting to have that uh, possibly artificial American voice coach us into recording this show. Right. And normally as he's counting us down, I uh, take a drink at the completely wrong time. Um, uh, But today in the room, you know, you're doing it live. Everything was fine. I mean, to paint a picture for people, you know that scene in the 89 Batman where uh, Bruce Wayne and Vicky Vale have dinner and they're both sitting at opposite ends of a ridiculously (laughs) long table? That's this app. Like, it's not as long as Bruce Wayne's dining table, but we are a fair distance away if it sounds like i'm yelling it's because will is a, a long way away it's really funny that you should say that because we're actually not that far away we considering are. that <laughs> most of the time when we record this podcast we are literally in different straight states or different countries we are now how, how how far apart are we do you think oh like a, what almost two meters yeah so two meters so literally if you stand within two meters of someone you're not actually that far apart from somebody I guess but there is something about the width of this table also because this table is as wide as wide as it is long yeah that makes us feel like and when i was setting up for you to come over because we don't normally record in the house but um i'm not just, allowed in the house normally <laughs> it's just me in the house at the moment no dogs uh and so um i set up you know on the kitchen table where i've been working and um uh, I did wonder because there is a bench to the side where sure. I was like, should I have set you up? And I think previously that's been the setup is we'll sit on the corner. So like in an L shape, you sit on one, uh, what do you call it? One line of the L. And or two the, people the at a communal to the cafe, you know, a yeah. communal table at a cafe and they put you on the end corner and you sit across. I mean, if this was other. a job interview and like you were a, a potential employer, I would feel very intimidated by the fact that you put two meters between us. And it's not just the, the distance, but there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> on the table so like there's a giant pot plant to my left there's a basket filled with notes there's a hat there's like diaries a couple of ashtrays it looks like a giant crystal like there's a lot going on you know what i mean okay it so- looks like the start of game of thrones you know when all the castles pop up there's just shit going on everywhere that's what it, that's what <laughs> the I look aerial like. view of this table yeah. would look like the opening scene of game of thrones oh we can't afford that one so right. let's not do any more of that but um uh okay i do understand what you mean because this is the regulation dining room table so yes there is a vase filled with sort of flowers in the middle and i did move it to the side because technically before you came, that giant vase of flowers was where in between us. We would have just been both staring at a giant vase of flowers and not be able to see each other. We would have had to get on Skype 
on each side of the table just so that we could see each other. So I did move them to the side. But now that we sit here, I realise I haven't moved them quite far. No, it's really like... They're like very much in the peripheral vision. Like it feels like we're in an episode of the podcast version of Between Two Ferns. Yeah. I mean, in cinematography, there's a rule of thirds, which is like if you're going to fill the frame with stuff, you can't just be on the edge. You need to sort of occupy at least one third. That thing is just, there's a couple of leaves just dancing above your head. Yeah, move it. There we go. Ah, look at that. Now watch the conversation flow. <laughs> That's going to be an amazing podcast. Strap yourself in for the next 50 minutes. It's going to be amazing. Well, here's what I would say is you're actually right. That has made a considerable difference. <laughs> Even though I only moved it about like 30 centimetres in total. I really can actually see you now yeah. in a way that I couldn't see you previously and I was going to put up with for the entirety of the podcast. Yeah. Now, I do have my computer in front of me as well, yeah. which is a bit of a barrier. And you're right, that giant crystal in the middle of the table <laughs> is actually a salt crystal. It's right. a salt lick. So it's a giant uh, piece of salt you can actually... Lick like, it? Yeah, you could lick it. You could... Yeah, well, you probably won't be able to just taste something like that, but you could. I'm cook, just rubbing my finger on it. Now. You could cook stuff no, on I it. I can taste salt. Oh, you could, yeah, yeah right. it's very there salty. <laughs> yeah, right. Because what salt? Yeah. <laughs> it's a giant. It's that a giant salt piece of very salt. Salty. Um, uh, but you can cook things on it, or you can like chip it off and make your own sort of like rock salt and stuff like that. So that's what that is. Speaking of plantage, I was hoping to have like a, a, a final triumphant bin update. This week, because uh, when we left the bins last week, someone had dumped an enormous plant um, behind my bins. Like, oh, and I'd stuffed it into my bin, into my red bin. So I pulled it out. And no wonder you were getting so put off by those flowers. Yeah, man, that's table. all I've been thinking about. You're getting PTSD. And I need to say, or big BTSD. shout out. PTSD. Big shout bins. <laughs> big shout out to all the teabaggers out there who got in touch. There was a few arborists and uh, botanists who. I posted some photos of the plant and they gave me some information about what I'm looking for. Um, so I actually had planned last Tuesday night when my bins get collected, I'd planned a big, because remember my plan was to chop it up and then distribute it amongst the other green bins in the neighborhood. Um, so I had planned that night to record a video of me, my adventures cutting up this plant and distributing it. I thought it'd be some good video content. But something happened in, would have only been the span of about 30 minutes where uh, my office is near my apartment. I left my apartment, saw the plant, was like, great, once I'm done with a bit of work, I'll come back and film this thing, cut up this plant and film it. In the space of half an hour, I went back and the plant was gone. Not only the plant was gone, but also the refrigerator boxes. So someone, and I'm assuming it's someone, the guy who dumped the plant, and potentially the guy who dumped the plant is also the guy who dumped the refrigerator boxes, has come and cleared it all away, not a trace. Like, I don't just mean grabbed the thing and like hurriedly took it away. There was, looked like they'd swept the concrete where the leaves had been. Like there was nothing there. Wow. Mm. Like okay. In the space of half an hour. And That's like, even more intriguing to me. Yeah. Like I don't know what's happened. Is there a chance that somebody in your apartment block has got so frustrated with it, they've called the local council or someone to come and do a disposal of that and they've come in and quickly done that it and taken it away? This was after 6 p.m., I doubt it could have been the council because they wouldn't have worked that late. Right. I mean, it, it could have been. Maybe it was a, a late-night cleanup. But I thought I would have heard the truck. Like I said, my office is so very you, close. So you believe some sort of Harvey Keitel uh, type, you know, some cleaner has oh, yeah. been sent in to kind of like disposable evidence? Either that or the person, the guilt kicked in. I mean, it was the night. It was, it was just the night before bin collection. So... Chances are they had the same idea as me. 
maybe they dumped it and then they saw my defiance because I pulled it out of the bin and dumped it on the ground as if to say, look at this, how dare you? Like, I will not stand for this. So I believe the dumper has seen this, has walked past and gone, shit, like I was hoping this dude would just keep it quiet. I was hoping I'd get away with this, but this is raising too many questions. Like there's going to be people asking, there's probably some psychopath doing a podcast right now asking for arborists and botanists to tell him the exact species of the plant so he can, so I want to avoid all that. So he's coming under the cover of dusk. It wasn't quite nightfall, but it was dusk and cleared it away. I mean, wow. Yeah, a lot to digest. There is a lot to digest there. Like I, there is so much that I... So, okay, firstly, I love the level of um, how much he seems to be reading into your actions in your version <laughs> of this story. That somehow he's seen you taking this uh the you know this shrubbery yeah. out of your bin and putting it next to the bin is some massive act of war yeah like some sort of walking up to a man in a bar in ancient times and slapping him in the face <laughs> with like your glove and challenging him into a duel at dawn so well i only say that because i've i have been the dumper in the past like yeah. years ago when i lived in a share house in sydney there was a dude i lived next to who was renovating and he was, it was ter- like renovations that were happening before hours and after hours. He was breaking all kinds of laws with workers and all that kind of stuff. And so when I moved out and I had a few things to get rid of, I was like, fuck it. I'm going to throw it in his dumpster and because I'm out of here and you know, I owe him for a couple of years of, of building this house. And then I got a call from the real estate agent say, you need to come back. We did an inspection. There's like garbage on your front nature strip. And so what this guy had done is clearly come home and found, and it was probably only a couple of items, like maybe an old chest of drawers or something, pulled them out of put it out of his, his, his skip and like dumped it on the nature zone. Not just like planted it, like threw it till yeah. it broke. Till it was like, mess. but maybe even stomped on it, right? So the message was loud Again, and clear. I love the picture you're painting based on little to no evidence no of evidence. what he actually did. You probably just had some terrible chest of drawers that when he took it out, it broke on the nature strip. But you you imagine him stomping on it and throwing it Pissing down. on it, setting it on fire. Probably did some satanic ritual. There was a pentagram drawn around it in goat's blood. I've been cursed ever since. Uh, yeah, so I figured that it was, it, if I had left it in the bin, I would have said that was, that's where it would have stayed. If for whatever reason, I'd roll with it. But I do think if it was me and I had done the wrong thing, it's like a telltale heart. Every time he walks past my corner, you know, that Ivy's calling to him. I know what you did. I know you did this. You left me here. Yeah, I like to imagine that um, he he wants to walk a different way that isn't past your house for that reason. But he um, eats every night at that uh, famous fish and chip burger shop across yeah, the yeah. road from your house, and he like he's torn between the two things. The thing he loves the most, like his sustenance as a human being, <laughs> his fish burger that he gets every night at that fish and chip shop with a couple of potato scallops. Uh, I I say cakes normally, but it's New South Wales, so I yeah, imagine yeah. he has to order. Scallops. Culturally sensitive. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> yeah, using the language of the people. People of that area um and uh yeah that he's torn between that well that's okay that's uh, do you think like his paranoia kicked in over the week where 
like, you know, he's eating breakfast cereal and like, you know, he's like took a bite and he's like, oh, what's that? And pulls out like a leaf and he's like, oh shit. You know, like just little bits of paranoia are seeping in. Like, like started to just signs in his life. Yeah, he's having a shower and through the frosted window, he sees what looks like an ivy sort of like gently brushing against the glass, you know, help me. But he opens a glass and it's something else. Walks down the street, gets like smacked in the face with like a bit of tree or something. <laughs> yeah. like, it's just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm all right with this. Well, I like what he did. I like that he proactively got it all done. I mean, we're assuming it's him. Well, again, I don't know if well, it is Well, the confusion him. is so, the, the refrigerator boxes went as well. Okay, so run us through. So the refrigerator boxes were previously there, yes. right? Yeah, okay. yeah. So They were there when I got back from a holiday. Okay, so we've got a couple of choices here. Either it is him, Bush guy, right? Bush man. You know, let's just call him Individual B. Yep. For the sake of this. So individual B um, is, uh, he dumps the bush. Yeah. Refrigerator boxes are already there. Now, he could have previously dumped the refrigerator boxes there, right? Realized there was a good place for dumping and then thought, well, I've also got that bush that I need to dump. Maybe I should dump that down there as yeah. well. Right? I mean, I guess if you were a criminal investigator, like the odds of two separate people being having the same motivation as opposed to one person needing to dump something, like two separate things, probably makes more sense, right? Yeah, like, you know... it's a Otherwise, guy's it's like, a, more of a coincidence. That, like, guys, I know where to dump something. Yeah, yeah. I got the best dumping spot. <laughs> I dumped some refrigerator boxes there the other day. Heard nothing about it. Yeah, about a month ago, he took the lock off his bin. And then, <laughs> yeah. Oh, mate, that you, was, you can never dump stuff there in the past. His yeah. bin was locked. <laughs> but... <laughs> It's a whole new, he's got a new bin, mate. I've been bigger. casing the joint. It's bigger, it's shinier, doesn't stink like his old bin. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon this is his place. Or do you think it was someone who, um, you know, my controversial views on um, dumping dog poo yep. are well known. Do you think this is a bit of like quid pro quo? Uh, okay, like a neighbourhood vigilante of yeah. some kind. Like he's seen it. I've done it to his bin many a time. Like maybe, you know, when he has his coffee in the morning, goes on his balcony and he sees me walking junior and he's like, that fucking guy. Right. That fucking guy. How, you know what? How's this going to feel when I dump my ivy in his bin? Is it, a quid, is, it an, is it a quid pro quo? It's not really on the two different things, right? One is an odour issue and the other one's just more of an inconvenience and insensitivity issue. I mean, it's not like for like. It's no. not an eye for an eye. It would be, but, I mean, yeah. but it could be a disproportionate retaliation, or it could be like what he considers to be a measured retaliation. Yes, like that he does. He's like, I don't think this is of the level. Or he's done the like mathematics at home. Mm. He's like six dog poos in my bin is worth one giant bush in his bin. That's yeah. the conversion rate. Yeah, yeah. Again, I mean, you'd have to sit him down to, to run through that. But let's just say he's also a refrigerator box man. Okay. Right? So refrigerator box gets a new... Uh, refrigerator man gets a new... What's so... Uh, okay, yeah, go on. Gets a new fridge. Yeah. Right? He's got a spare refrigerator box that he needs to get rid of. Um, he takes it down. Uh, you were away? Were you away Yeah, at I was the time? away. Yeah. So, you know, like maybe, you know, it's quieter around the bins... Mm-hmm. You know, there doesn't seem to be a lot of spillover. It feels like a nice convenient place. You know, your bins are out of the way. You can just tuck something in there. Well, I, I will say this. Because of the proximity of where my place is located, and it's near an alleyway, it tends to be a dumping ground, not just for these items. But hard rubbish tends to end up on the corner near my bin all the time. So I think some people assume it's a council cleanup area or something. I don't know. Right. But like every couple of weeks, there's a new, like a, this week there's a broken fan just sitting on the corner. Right. So it, it is often mistaken for a place where you can just dump stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, 
I don't know how that works, but sure. But there are those sort of places. Like I mean, there are, but they're not. You know, but all of them are under the illusion that it's a place you can dump stuff because we all know those places don't exist. There does not exist a place in the CVD where you can just dump stuff and it's cool. You know, like there is a reason why there are recycle areas and, you know, junkyards and stuff. No, you're, you're, you're fooling yourself. <laughs> you know what it is, though? Like sometimes it's like people joining a line. Like, you know, there's one broken <laughs> <Yeah>. fan there. <laughs> And then somebody's like, oh, I think it's hard rubbish. Yeah. I think it must be hard rubbish night in this neighbourhood. And so you're going by and you're like, oh, I've actually got a broken fan in the back of my car as well. Yeah. So apparently this is an okay place to leave broken fans. So I'll leave my broken fan here. And then some other person comes by and is like, oh, there's two broken fans there. So I probably should be able to leave this mattress there. And there's a guy with a chest of drawers. <laughs> it's like a wheeling at a grand piano. <laughs> I mean, I guess that is an excuse. Like, because there are mandated... Hard rubbish cleanup days. But yeah, then exactly. You can all also organise your own, but I don't know when the last time you did did it was. But they what they do is the council will send you big fluoro orange stickers now to put on your garbage to say this is a sanctioned cleanup. So if the items don't, if you know, you've got to even list sometimes what you put out there. So if the council come and they're like, hang on, there's fucking fifty broken fans on a grand piano, <laughs> they're not going to take it all. Um, I use if I in those situations when needed, I would use. There's like there's services you can use that will come in private. Yeah, like I I, I use one called Cheaper Load of Rubbish or something recently to right. get rid of a few things, and I thought that was actually a good way to do it. Yeah, like I mean, obviously it costs you some money, but like you, you don't have to go through all the neighbourhood intrigue, <laughs> you know, hard, <laughs> the hard rubbish like week of like. How soon's too soon yeah, to yeah. put out stuff for hard it's like It's like a like, round of applause. Yeah. You don't want to be the first one. No. You definitely don't. And like there's one corner that gets chosen and the neighbours who have that corner, like they basically just for a week, they have to deal with the fact that like there's either pe people putting out stuff there or like now that kind of, you know, like fleet of people in vans and like, yeah. you know, whatever who are coming Rubbish around. Rubbish pickers. Yeah, who just I was up. a fucking awesome rubbish picker. When I first moved, remember when Bondi, before Bondi became totally blue chip, it was a great place for hard rubbish. I think I furnished an entire apartment by stuff I found on the side of the road because there's so many share houses in Bondi and so many transient residents. Like every six months, they'd be like, oh, there's a three-seater couch, I'll well, take that. The, the other thing about Bondi was that was the speed of it. One day, I think it was Justin and I, I don't think it was you and I. Was it you and I? You and Justin helped me move some hard rubbish into my apartment. Oh, no, that All wasn't right. what I, even what I was going to oh, talk okay. about. Well, we have various hard rubbish stories. <laughs> okay. Remember I got those leather chairs I have out the back oh, of the yeah. office from hard rubbish? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, this was a time where it actually wasn't a hard rubbish time. And um, I changed over a mattress in my South Bondi apartment. And Justin and I took it out to the, uh, yeah, the front of the apartment and just put it on the street. We went down to get a cup of coffee. We came back. It was already gone. Wow. Like that used to be what it was like in Bondi. Yeah, definitely. There was enough transience that essentially you were just quickly moving things on. Yeah. It was like, I guess, what happens now with like, you know, those sort of gum tree things where someone's like, if you just come and pick, pick it, up. it up, then yeah. you can have it sort of thing. Yeah, I'd got rid of a, um, I talked about this previously on the show, but I just got rid of a, an old sound system on gum tree. And 
the guy who came to pick it up, like I, I think I, I told you, like I, I gave him, I knocked 20 bucks off the price when he rocked up with no negotiation just because yeah. I was like, let's get this sealed. Like I don't want, I don't want him kicking the tires or anything. Let's Your just... famous TOEFOP negotiating yeah, exactly. Uh, but then he got in touch with me a few days later because he said, I'm not technical at all and I just don't know how to connect this sound system. And I said, well, look, this is how I did it. You know, here's the manual that says do this. You're on your own. And he was right back. He's like, well, if it doesn't work, can I bring it back? And I was like, no, no. I mean, that is where I'll draw the line. Like, you should have known what TV you have. And I've, I told you exactly this is how you connect it. Well, as soon as you take it from me, that's it. I don't owe you anything after that. And also, I knocked 20 bucks off, which was what was essentially giving it away anyway. So come on, dude. I ain't hard rubbish. <laughs> That's my title of my autobiography, I Ain't Hard Rubbish. <laughs> the Charlie Clawson story. Uh, so um, on the way over in the uh, cab, you said the that... Uber. Uh, in the Uber. Yeah. Um, you said that you... Um, Heard a song, and yeah. there was a lyric in that song that uh, caught your attention. Yeah, and I said, as as we do now, all the time. save it for the podcast. Well, better be worth it now. Yeah, it was regulate by Warren G, um, hip hop classic from what in the mid nineties. Yep, I'm a bit fuzzy on my Warren G. Um, I'm a bit fuzzy on a couple of like hip hop things, a lot of hip hop things. So Wu Tang Clan are touring Australia at the moment. Yep, I get are. them confused with a tribe called Quest. Okay, yep. Are they completely different? Well, it, okay, yes. To, to like the untrained eye. But they are they collectives, right? Hip-hop they are collectives. Both, they are both hip-hop collectives. Right. And they are both kind of like a slightly alternative mainstream hip-hop collective. So, look, yes, but no. No, but yes, but okay. But tonally, are they similar? Like, I know I've listened to a bit of Wu-Tang and I know that's like much more harder edge hip-hop. Is Tribe Called Quest the similar vibe or is it a bit more chill? Um, oh, look, you know what? They're both chill is a. Uh, is that a hip hop word? Is that chill? That means Could you have said cool? <laughs> or is that a bit more chill? I don't know, Warren C. So, <laughs> um, uh, they both have an eclectic range of sounds, which okay. is probably another thing that, you know, it makes them similar. Because even Wu Tang aren't like. Wu Tang aren't like gangster rap or whatever. They actually. It's hard, but it is hard. Edged. Yeah. Well, it can be, but yeah. they're also just like a, a bunch of fun party songs. They, because there's so many of them and they all have different styles and whatever and they collaborate in different ways, that from track to track, there is a sense that you can be hearing something that is, you know, a bit, a bit more different. Like, whereas, like Jurassic 5, for example, for me, you always felt like every song sounded like a Jurassic yes. 5 song. Now, they all had their individual styles and stuff within that song then, and so you would hear each of the rappers yeah, kind it's of like the Avengers. It. It's like if the Avengers yeah. rapped. Right, but um, sort of like Wu-Tang and this stuff is like, if they got all the movie, all the directors who did um, you know all the Avengers films, and for the final one, they all let them direct a scene. <laughs> right? So it would still kind of all make sense together, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it would also be a bit like, well, this is a bit of a tonal shift from the last bit. <laughs> So Warren G, where does he fit in that pantheon? Okay, I, I, well, I'll, I've got Warren G's Wikipedia. Well, we know, actually, I should tell people where this started. So okay. I was listening to Regulate by Warren G, and there was a line in it that actually made me go, that is seems like a, such an odd choice for a hip-hop song, because it's very cool. If you haven't heard about it, it's about Warren G getting robbed, and then his mate Nate Dog turns up with a, a, a gun load with bullets, and they fight off these gangsters. So the line I'm talking about is uh, Warren G goes, 16 in the clip and one in the hole. Nate Dogg is about to make some bodies turn cold. Now they dropping and yelling, the gangsters, 
And then he says, it's a tad bit late. And like I'd been listening to this whole song, I'm like, tad, it's not a word you hear often in hip hop, is it? It's a tad bit late. No. Like, I mean, tad doesn't seem it's like... It's a tad bit late sounds like me saying something's chill. Yeah. It's like, is tad the word we're going for here? Yeah. It, I mean, because yeah, I was thinking, like, there's a lot of things he could have said. He, said, he could have just said, but it was a little too late. Yeah, exactly. And that would have sounded much cooler. Tad bit. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really... It's, I say to you, sir, Nate Dogg, <laughs> are you a tad late? Will you be a tad late to tonight's function? Furthermore, Nate Dogg, do you have 16 in the clip and one in the hole? <laughs> I believe we're about to enter fisticuffs with these ruffians. <laughs> Uh, it was a clear back night, a clear white moon. Warren G's on the streets trying to consume. What, what does that mean? What's he trying to consume, Warren G, in that context? Wasn't well, he going to tell think? us in the next line? Uh, some skirts for the no, 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 no. Some, so he's trying no? to consume drugs. Maybe. What do you consume? Food, alcohol, Maybe. drugs. Um, some skirts for the eve, so I can get some funk. Just rolling in my ride, chilling all alone. Oh. Right, okay. So he wants some girls and he wants some partying. Yeah, he wants some girls. He wants maybe some weed. Yeah. But at the moment, he's just... <laughs> this podcast should be retitled How to Make a Cool Song Really Uncool. <laughs> well, I just want to understand what Warren G was up to, right? Yeah. yeah. So he's in his ride. He's got a good ride, but he wants to have a good time. And at the moment, he's alone. Yeah. He's a lonely guy, Warren G. Uh, so he just hit the east side of the LBC. He's on a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G. Now, hang on. Is this Warren is G Warren or is G. that Nate Dogg? Is, I think this is Warren G at the moment is singing it, though, right? Nate Dogg isn't credited. so And it's all the same perspective. Yeah. So it has to be Warren G. So is Warren, Maybe just being existential. So you're saying Warren G is on right. a mission tonight to find Yeah, Warren find G. himself. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, so he's lonely in his car. And really, while he says he's looking for he's like, you know, drugs and skirts, what he's actually looking for is... Himself. Himself. Warren G. <laughs> It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, seen a car full of skirts. Ain't no need to tweak. I mean, that may also be like a, Scot a group of Scottish men. <laughs> like we, we don't know that. I mean, a car full of skirts, not specific enough. Yeah. So yeah, also they should have been saw a car full of skirts. But, you know, whatever. Again, I'm not going to quibble over language. He's seen a car full of skirts. Ain't no need to tweak. All you skirts know what's up with 213. Well, the skirts do. I don't. What's two and three? No, I mean, I believe that's something that only skirts must know about. Okay. I mean, I guess the two one three is some, you know, police co cool code? ethnic thing that we don't understand because <laughs> we're two <laughs> white guys in our mid forties. Uh, so it hooks on a left to the twenty one to Lewis. I reckon these are just directions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is basically <laughs> GPS. Yeah, Warren GPS. <laughs> <laughs> Some brothers shooting dice. So I said, let's do this. Shoot dice, I imagine, right? Yep. Uh, so I jumped out the ride. I said, what's up? It's so weird, though, that like he hasn't jumped out of the ride and said, what's up, before he's like interrupted the dice game to get involved. Feels like it's in the wrong order. Feels to me like you jump <laughs> out of Structurally, it's all over the place. You know, say, what's up? Then say, hey, dice, what's going on? Uh, but that's okay. Um uh, so, uh, let's do this. I jumped out of the ride and I said, what's up? Some brothers pulled some gats. Yeah. So, I said, I'm stuck. Now, a gat's a gun, right? Well, I assume so. I mean, a gatling gun is one of the... Is that, that's the one that Arnie wields in Terminator 2 when he destroys all those cop cars. These guys aren't like miniguns. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're not... 
They're not whipping out miniguns, are they? I hope so. In my world, they now are. We don't have time to look this up. So, well, we do, but I think it'd only be a deeper hole to go into. Yeah. Since these girls peeping, peeping me, I'm going to glide and swerve. These hookers looking so hard, they straight hit the curb. What does that mean? Hmm. So, the, all this is happening on the street in full public view. Yeah, I believe so. Right. Gonna think of better things than some horny tricks. I see my homie. I mean, if I was on the street and dudes pulled out like mini guns and had them pointed at me, I don't think, even if I saw prostitutes on the side of the road, I yeah. don't think my mind would wander to go, Whoa, I'm horny. No, 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 my life's in danger. You know what I mean? Like, I think I'd be fixated on the mini guns. Yeah, if you're fixated on the mini guns and not using language that probably isn't appropriate to use about sex workers just pursuing their trade, Warren. Not very woke of you, Warren G, from your song from 30 years ago. Um, uh, all right, so uh, I'm, I'm getting jacked. Yes, I'm getting jacked. I'm breaking myself. I can't believe they're taking Warren's wealth. He does like speaking in the third person. Now, is uh, yeah, but which Warren's wealth are they taking? Have they robbed the Warren G that he was looking for? Are they what? Are they? Is it Warren me and Warren G? Are there two Warren G's? And then Warren GPS. Yeah, exactly. What about Warren GPS? Who only jumped in for that verse about the traffic conditions? I think if he is talking existentially, then maybe this is an awakening. They're robbing right. him of material possessions, but okay. his true worth will be found in this moment. Well, that's, I mean, that's what you've got to do, right? Okay, so what this is what he's done so far. He's rejected the temptations of the flesh. Yes. And he's been dispossessed of material, of possessions, material possessions. To find out who he really is. Right, he's being stripped, stripped to, his core. to his essential Warren G-ness. <laughs> They're looking for the Warren G-spot. <laughs> so, all right. Um, okay, so uh, now they took my rings... They took my Rolex. You know what? We should update that to they took my rings, they took my movement watch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I looked at all the brothers and said, damn, not my crotch. <laughs> I've rewritten that one to rhyme with movement watch. Um, no, they looked at all the brothers and said, damn, what's next? I, like, okay. So they got my homie hemmed up. So he was obviously riding in the car with his homie. Or is his homie Warren G.? Um, they got me homie hemmed up and they they oh, all right. around. Ain't none of them seeing if they're going straight pound for pound. Ain't none of them seeing if they're going straight pound for pound. So that that's like, so is that about, that's about the, about the sizing each other up? Yep. And they don't give a shit. They don't care. Nah. They're just going to go. I got to come up real quick before they start to clown. Because they all went to Gullier, the clowning school. <laughs> yeah, right. They're and doing so they're neutral all, mask. They're all professional clowns. <laughs> they all spent a year being rejected <laughs> by the clown teacher every day, quite couple style before they were accepted into a world-class clowning program. Um, i got to come up real quick before they start to clown. I best to pull out my strap and lay them busters down. So his strap is his gun, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. They got guns to my head. I think I'm going down. I can't believe this happened in my hometown. Well, I mean, it doesn't make it really sad any worse, but it's a sad yeah. state of affairs yeah, in my really. backyard, I suppose. Yeah. If I had wings, I would fly. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. <laughs> this is the first sensible thing he said for a while. If I had wings, I would fly. Let me contemplate. I glanced in the cut and I see my homie, Nate. Nate. Now... This is where I'm ignorant. So is Nate Dog from, is he from a Tribe Called Quest or Wu-Tang or is he part of Warren G's unit? Or? Okay. We can, I, I, we can get to this, right? No, 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 no. 
I think this is a good time. We'll step out. We'll do it like a sidebar. Yeah, yeah. We'll get back Pop to Pop up the... music videos. Exactly. Let's find out a little bit about Warren G and Nate Dogg. Yeah. Because I think it's important. Yes. Yeah. We need to know the relationship. Yeah. So firstly, what do you think Warren Warren G's real name is? Is his first name Warren? Yes, it is. Uh, is his surname begin with a G? Uh, yes, it does. Warren Gibbons. You're actually not far away. Warren Griffin Third. Oh. <laughs> Well, that's why he says it's a tad bit late. <laughs> well, maybe the other Warren G he's looking for is his dad. Yeah, the, the, the second and the first. Yeah, exactly. His dad and his granddad. My homies. <laughs> uh, Warren Griffin III was born, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay, in Long Beach. Okay, so that's, you know, your east side, a west side, uh, like, kind of divide. And he, he, I guess he was, like... Uh, the king of the west side, right? Right. Uh, Long Beach, California. And so when he says the LBC, that's what yeah, that stands for, Long exactly. Beach, California, right? Um, so he grew up in Long Beach. At yeah. the age of 12, he's more, he moved to North Long Beach, so not really far away, where he lived with his father and his father's second wife. By his father's marriage, Griffin's stepbrother is... Nate Dog. Dr. Dre. Oh, really? Yeah. So Dr. Dre's stepbrother... Uh, is doc, uh, yeah, so Warren G and Dr. Dre were stepbrothers. Wow. Okay, nice. That's a reboot. Oh, but he's yeah. dead now, isn't he? <laughs> we can't do it. Well, <laughs> I was going to say a reboot the Adams, uh, the, uh, of the uh, Will Ferrell, Will John C. Riley movie. No, I say go the other direction. You get to Will uh, Ferrell and John C. Riley to play Nate Dogg <laughs> and Dr. Mm. Dre as stepbrothers. Mm, problematic. And I've got another idea, Charlie, <laughs> that I think everyone will love. To make them look more like... No? No. Okay. No. no. Okay. <laughs> Political correctness going bad. Ruining police. Uh, Warren's brothers, Andre and Tyree, nickname him Kibbles. As teenagers, Griffin and his longtime friend... Nate Dog. Nate Dog met Nate's cousin... Another hip hop superstar from yes. the same era of the of the, of West the, side, NWA, the massive West part side of team. NWA or no, no. it uh, was did Dr Dre discover or foster him? Uh, yes, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg, <sighs> Nate's cousin Kelvin Brodus. Jesus better, Christ, they're all related. Better known as Snoop Dogg. That's crazy. It's not who you know. It's not what you know. It's, yeah. who you know. <laughs> Mate, it's all in the family. So, and is Nate Dogg and Snoop Dogg called dogs because they're related? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, they're all from the dog family. <laughs> cousins <laughs> oh brilliant so nate dog is snoop dog's cousin um nate dog is warren g's friend and warren g is dr dre's stepbrother dr dre discovered snoop, snoop dog okay this is pretty cool i'm liking <laughs> this uh the trio became good friends eventually formed a rap group known as oh, well this clears some stuff up 213. Ah, uh, right. So that's what 213 was, Charlie. Okay. Yeah. It was a shout out to their former rap group. Okay. At age 17, Griffin. What does 213 stand for? What does it mean, though? Does it say what the significance is? It's got a blue hyperlink. So yeah, I can we'll find click out. on it and find out. I thought it was a police code. Maybe it's. Might be. Here we go. 213, a group pronounced 213. Yep, okay, hip-hop group uh, composed of Snoop Dogg, Warren G, and Nate Dogg. Uh, uh, the name derives from the Los Angeles original telephone area code, oh. 213, which served Long Beach at the time. So there you go. they were from the LBC, and they represented the 213. 
with Nate Dogg and Warren G. <laughs> I can be in rap. That's easy. Let's change your name to Will Dog. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Finally. Um, all right. So uh, Will that, Dog and Warren C. I don't. Okay. So let's. I don't know if we really need to know much about the rest of uh, Warren G's career. Okay. Um, I think he's uh, he's still alive. No, I'm sure he died. Hang on. No, I'm pretty sure he's dead. When's the last time you updated Wikipedia? <laughs> well, they haven't. I don't think Warren G is dead. Uh, let me, I'm going to have to find a second source. They, on this they, haven't, got, they haven't given it a end date and it says he's currently married. Really? Yeah. So I reckon Warren G might be with us. Is Nate Dog dead? Mate, well, mate, Nate Dog might be dead. I'll have a look. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, I can't search. I forgot. Oh, oh, internet the internet is so bad in my house. Um, all right, here we go. Uh, Nate Dog. Okay, let's go with having a guess of Nate Dog's name. Nate Dog is dead, by the way. Ah, so that's what I was thinking yeah. of. Uh, is it Nathaniel? Is his first name? Is his okay. Nathaniel? Nathaniel. So his cousins are Snoop Dogs. Yeah. Snoop Dogs. No, they no, don't have the same, same last name. Okay. I'll give you that. Um, and. Uh, the D, he does have a D, okay. but he's, it's a middle name. So he has a three-barreled name. Uh, Nathaniel. David. Douglas. Demos. <laughs> Dwayne. Dwayne. Nathaniel Dwayne Hale. Oh, that's actually a pretty good name. Yeah. Nate Dogg. They've got very fancy real names. I don't know why they, they bother do, getting like, write, uh, rap pseudonyms. Well, I, I think that they thought they probably wouldn't fit in with the cool rap guys. Yeah. I'm Nathaniel, uh, and this is Calvin. <laughs> yeah. and, and Warren the Third. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's get back to uh, regular. Yeah. So when we last alive. left our heroes, yeah. uh, he, he turned to Nate Dog, who was still in the car. Is that right? He yeah. glanced in the cut, and he sees his homie, Nate. Nate. 16 in the clip and one in the hole. This is where we came into the story in the first place, Breaking Bad style. Nate Dog is about to make some bodies turn cold. Now they dropping and yelling. It's a tad bit late. Nate Dog and Warren G had to regulate, and that's always my favourite bit of the song because that's like in a movie where they say the title yeah, of the yeah, movie. Yeah. And you know, Charlie, I love nothing more than a movie where they say the title of the movie. My favourite one of all time, of course, The Departed. About <laughs> seventeen minutes in, and they haven't even done the titles yet, and they have that scene in that room. Anyway, whatever. It's such a great movie, guys. Yeah. Go and watch The Departed. And The Departed is so excellent to hear in a Boston accent. It's departed. <laughs> departed. <laughs> the Departed. Uh, all right. Um, he laid uh, them Nate busters Dog, down. Nate Jog and Warren G had to regulate. I laid all them busters down. I let my gat explode. So he's also got a gat. Mm. Everyone's got a gat. You got to get a gat. That was the current uh, slogan on the streets for the gat. <laughs> got to get, got to get, got to get a gat. Yeah. gat. <laughs> Have you got a gat? I've got a gat. Everybody's got to get a gat. 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 Uh, no, how why is it so hard to get a sponsor? We're so awesome. We come up with our own jingles and everything. I think what we've proved so far, Charlie, is that 
uh, being a rapper is very easy and also coming up with uh, excellent advertising jingles <laughs> is also incredibly easy. In fact, we should combine the two. Yeah. We should become rappers because rappers are already associated with like bleeding, selling sort stuff. of selling things and whatever, right? Yeah. So imagine we pitch to clients that we come up with like a hip-hop group, mm. right? So we write all the lyrics and whatever. Yeah. They can auto-tune it or get other people to perform Warren it Warren C. Will Dog. Right. And... What we do is like kind of hardcore rap, yeah. but then the jingles, the kind of hooks and the refrains are all like, you know, advertising jingles yeah. that we, like we drop in. So people don't actually know that they're yeah. being advertised to. They're just like, yeah, hey, across the hill, we come a storm and go Harvey, go Harvey, go, go, go Harvey, Harvey Norman. Norman, go Harvey, go Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm into it. Another great TOEFOP idea. Thank so, you. Copyright TOEFOP. Um, I laid them busters down. I let my gut explode. Now I'm switching my mind back into freak mode. Okay. This is what I love about Warren. Back into freak mode. Is he can mode. just get like, he can go from like having to kill a bunch of people to go and now it's time for that sweet, sweet skirt. So I think too, if we t think back to the way the song started where he was searching for Warren G. Yeah. In the moment before the violence, he was, you know, he was searching. But right. because of these guys have come up all in his grill, <laughs> they've taken Warren's wealth. He's now switching back into the identity Warren G. There was a brief moment where he thought he could get away from this life, where he had dream, he dreamed of having wings so he could fly. But now these guys have pushed him to his limit and he's about to turn into freak. Or is there a chance that all these other people, because initially we thought that the other people had the gap, right? Yeah. But say you're seeing this like in a visual representation, you suddenly realize that he's the one who's holding the gap. Oh, so like those other club. people, again, that he's trying to destroy, yeah. they are these other people. Like, you know, he's had to get rid of his wealth. Yeah. He's had to sort of, you know, break down and reject the this expectations is the last of sex and stuff. And now he has the kind of violence. his own. That's a square off demons. violence. He has the square off against himself mm. and the other Warren G's to kind of find and discover the true Warren G. Yeah. Good point, actually, because because like Nate Dog hasn't claimed a fucking body in this. No, like Warren's claim. Oh no, no, he did. If we go back there, he says that Nate Dog's about to make some bodies turn cold. They start dropping and yelling. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, he's about to. Maybe Nate. He's about to, but I don't think Nate ever did. No, no. Okay, okay. So all right, here we go. So um, uh, switching his mind. Back he's switching back to freak mode now, though. If you want skirts, step back and observe. I just left a gang of those over there on the curb. Next to that hard rubbish. <laughs> Next to two fans and a mattress and an old chest of drawers that may have been pissed on by a human. <laughs> now Nate got the freaks and that's a known fact. Before I got jacked, I was on the same track. Back up, back up, because it's on. N-A-T-E and me, the Warren... To the G. So what's going on here? Nate got the freaks and that's known fact. Are the freaks the girls or are the freaks the bad guys? I think, no, I think the freaks are the girls that go for, you know. Bad boys. Bad boys. And like he left them behind because he had some shit to deal with. Right. But now that he's dealt with that shit. That, he's you know, ready to party. And the other guy who's always ready to party is Nate. Okay. And you know who the girl's like? N-A-T-E. Yeah. Find out what it means for me. <laughs> <laughs> they sing. Uh, just like I thought, they're in the same spot. In need of some desperate help. The Nate Dog and the G Child were in need of something else. One of them dames was sexy as hell. I said, Ooh, I like your size. 
It's an odd opening uh, line. It is. I always heard that as, ooh, I like your style. But it's, ooh, I like your size. It's weird. <laughs> ooh, I like your size. <laughs> like Hearty. <laughs> Show us your teeth. <laughs> Husky. <laughs> Strong in the hips. <laughs> so impressive. How much do you bench? <laughs> Powerful. <laughs> Just impressive. <laughs> so virile. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah he doesn't he, I like your size she said my car's broke down and you seem real nice <laughs> she's just seen him gunned down presumably a group of men a group of men but she's like my car's broke down and yeah, I'll take what I can get at this yeah. stage well, I just do not trust Uber uh, would you let me ride I got a car full of girls and it's going real swell where did the Wink. rest of them come from well, because the there's a group of girls in the corner watching. Oh, so he got those girls as well, plus yeah. the girl who had. Well, the so car well, I down. believe what's happened is after the conflict. Yeah. After the conflict, after the altercation, Nate Dog has gone over to talk, talk smack to the girls. Yeah. And then Warren G's come and joined him. Okay. Met the one girl who was sexy as hell, or who said he was sexy as hell, yeah. and then he's like, "Everyone in the car, yeah. the one you like the ride. size of." Yeah. <laughs> he said, "We're gonna have the <laughs> good size woman, <laughs> yeah. and then as many other women as <laughs> who they can, can fit, fit in, in the, the back." Car. We'll put the seat right back. <laughs> or maybe it meant I like your size because she was of a size that it would be protection. You get more and more women oh. into the car. Ah, oh, right. So we might have gone the other way. Yeah. It was like I like your size because, to be honest, we've already invited four other women. It's going to be cramped in the back. Um, all right. So um, I got a car full of girls going real swell. Next stop is the East Side Motel. Now, I mean, a motel does seem a little... Seedy? Seedy, yeah. doesn't it? It's not like... It does. Not even come back to my pad. No. No, it's just like, let's go to... To the local motel? Yeah. I mean, a... do you think the girls are a little disappointed when yeah. Warren G rolls up? Yeah. They seem gunned down a bunch of guys. They all pile into his car, which I assume is like a nice car. Yeah. And then he drives them to the east side <laughs> motel. It's like... You guys ever been to a... Shitty. Motel? <laughs> you know they have... Complimentary biscuits. <laughs> next stop is the Travel Lodge. <laughs> exactly. The F1 hotel next to the airport. Have you ever heard of the uh, buffet of breakfast? <laughs> well, this place doesn't have one. Have you ever dreamt about sharing a public pool with a bunch of kids who've obviously urinated in it? How do you feel about communal shower blocks? <laughs> um, I'm tweaking onto a whole new level. G funk. Step towards. Idea. Funk. I think this is all just like this. This is a bit of the song where he's just throwing. This is not meant to be. Uh, uh, um, th these are separate thoughts. Just he's throwing this over the beat. He's got to his notebook, and this is all he had left. I'm tweaking. Yeah. G funk. Yeah, go on. <laughs> uh, on a whole new level. The rhythm is the bass, and the bass is the treble. That's that's a good line. Yeah. I've always liked that. Uh, chords, strings, we brings. Oh, no, this is the bit where he's just freestyling the. Melody, G-Funk, where rhythm is life and life is rhythm. Well, th see, then we're getting back to the poetic Warren G again, right? Rhythm is life and rhythm. Even the other thing, which is like, you know, the rhythm is the bass and the bass, bass is, is the, the treble. treble. It's just saying, don't define things. Yeah. Sometimes the bass can be the treble. Sometimes the treble can be the bass. Sometimes the well, This is a is the song bass. about a dude who's in conflict with his own like persona I think so mm. I think that like there's Warren G the gangster yeah and that's what everybody wants to see and everybody wants to think he really is but internally he's struggling with the idea that people can be more than one thing 
Well, I think, yeah, I think it's also the idea that the thing that trips him up from finding him true, his true self is he always gets pulled back into. Like he talked about, it's, true. it's happening in my hometown. Like of all yeah. the places I thought, you know what, I'm going to go home. I'm going to chill. I'm just going to be Warren for a little bit. Yeah. But then I got dragged straight back into it. Uh, Melody J Funk, where rhythm is life and life is rhythm. You know what <laughs> I like to know? <laughs> Sorry. So uncool the way you delivered it. You know. <laughs> if you know, like I know. If you know, like I know, you don't want to step to this. It's the G-Funk era. We're funked out with a gangster twist. It's the well, again. upward inflection that makes it sound so whiny. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, yeah. We're funked out with a gangster twist. And he's like, well, this is my life, you know. Yeah. If you smoke like I smoke, then you're high like every day. And if your ass is a buster... 213 will regulate. Yeah. So it's a warning at the end there. He couldn't... One more words to live by. Yeah. I mean, do you think that he's sort of... Do you think the real Warren G, the one he wanted to be, is let down by the way it ended? Because he had a chance to end reflectively and go, God damn it, I tripped up again. I'm still searching for who Warren G is. But he couldn't resist sending out a warning, which is essentially perpetrating the violence he's trying to avoid. But that's the essential conundrum that is Warren J. Mm. I think there's something in that for all of us. <laughs> um, Amy's calling, so I'm okay. just going to... No worries. We're back, Charlie. We're back. And it's a tight turnaround for this week's episode because we need to uh, get it out tomorrow to fulfill our obligations for the tw- almost... Second last episode for the year. Is that right? Well, that's good then because that means I can plug my uh, work in progress fully improvised stand-up shows at the Sydney Comedy Store, which I've done three of now. And I don't get to do these very often, but there is part of me that while I've been doing them is wondering, I'd love if I could get the opportunity to do one like once a month. Like, you know, if I had a night where like once a month, hit me up if you think this is a good idea. Where like I had a, so instead of doing like the comedy store for like a week and do eight shows like I am at the moment, yeah. which is just kind of exhausting because like the nature of like making up an entire show each night just mm. kind of like buggers out my brain and my body a bit. But um, the first one was so much fun. Like, you know, and I wonder if it just, if I did one once a month instead, and it might also be the sort of thing, because I've noticed that people come to more than one of these, you know, they like to come to different shows because they're different. So, mm. you know, it's almost more fun to come to more than one because you get to see how different they can be. Um, so if they're every month, yeah, people might come more regularly. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the... Anyway, Value anyway, add. I've we'll, enjoyed... We'll do, a, we'll do a 15-minute TOEFOP as the opening act. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> to get you warmed up. up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can just be doing stretches and stuff. Throw some hypotheticals at me. Yeah, exactly. I'd be like, yes, and yes, and yes, and not so much of my work in progress show will be me talking about Warren J. Yeah. Or maybe it will be. <laughs> you don't Who know. That's, you don't know. Uh, now, because of the tight turnaround, because normally what happens, the process is we record on a Sunday. Mike Hal uh, starts cutting. He sends a rough cut to Foz, who then has like the next 48 hours to come up with some amazing artwork. But we don't have that luxury of that 48 hour period. So I said to Foz this week when I was talking to him, to. That's all right. That's okay. <laughs> to help him, I, would, I said I'd call him halfway through the episode and we could tell him what we've talked about and then he, he's left to his devices to, to come up with something. So I'm going to call him now. He's waiting for this. He's on speaker. Okay, good. 
Hopefully your Wi-Fi doesn't cut out or anything. Hello, James. You're live on TOEFOP with me and Will Anderson. Wow, it's like a, it's like a conference call or a, or a call to mum and dad? Well, it's pretty much a conference call because this is all about business. I told you that we'd call you at the halfway point to let you know what we've discussed so you can make a head start on the artwork. So, Will, do you want to uh, recount what we, what we talked about? Um, so, James, if you can hear me because I'm over the other side of the table. An so enormous I'm... table. Can you hear me? <laughs> Okay, so James. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. That's all I needed. I needed a little mm-hmm yep. from you so that I. I anyway, so uh, we started off with about, um, as usual is now for the podcast, about uh, 15 or 20 minutes of bin chat. There was a bin update. Uh, there was some sort of, you know, updates on, you know, the Bush situation. Uh, there's, been a, yep. a, there's been a Harvey Keitel style cleanup of the hard rubbish around Charlie's place. The new, new mysteries have arisen. But then. Then we got onto the serious business of uh, discussing the lyrics of uh, Regulate by uh, Warren G featuring Nate Dogg uh, because Charlie had noticed on the way over in his Uber uh, that uh, Warren G used the term tad. Uh, so we read all the lyrics and speculated on the lyrics and then we learned a little about Warren G and it turns out that Warren G is actually Warren Griffith III, third in line of Warren G's, the family of Warren G's and uh, he is, um, uh, so hang on, how does it work? He's Nate Dogg's friend, and then he is also... Stepbrother of Dr. Dre? Or stepbrother of Dr. Dre, and Nate Dogg is cousins with Snoop Dogg, Calvin Brodas. <laughs> so you've got a family tree thing happening here with uh, Warren G. Well, all, I know what you do, Foz, is you like to take a line from the show and then you sort of base yeah, your art... Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. The, the, the bins just weren't up to it this week. But um, some lines that came out today that might inspire artwork is uh, Warren GPS. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Will, do we have any other lines that you can remember? No. Oh, what about uh, Will Dog came up at one stage? I, I, I think Warren GPS. Warren GPS. Okay, so... Warren GPS uh, will let your imagination take hold to see what we discuss because, as the listeners know, we told them uh, before we called you up that you don't, you haven't heard the episode. You're just going off what yeah. we're telling you. Well, I barely heard Will then. So you, 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 Warren GPS, give me a little bit more than that. Like it was really difficult, but I can hear you a lot better. Warren GPS. Charlie. So Warren G, yeah. the rapper, as in regulates yeah. Warren G. We yeah. noticed in the lyrics that he gives uh, directions. So he's saying we turned left on this corner, we turned right in that corner. So the gag, the hilarious gag we hit upon was Warren GPS. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate, we'll leave you to it. Mike Hal will send you something soon, but, but good luck. This will be, this is... Excellent. Excellent, I'm on the clock. Uh, All right. Right, get working on Quantum Cop, episode five, coming soon. Oh, shit. Yep, all right. <laughs> Bye, mate. Good talking to you guys. Bye. I don't know how. I mean, is there a better way we could have done a call in then that had better sound? Oh, mate, it's, honestly, if James had faxed in his answers, <laughs> it would have had better sound. Now, last week, Will, uh, we came up with an idea to encourage people to go to our Patreon, which is yes. we're going to do our letter section, our Tefop respondents, our T-mail. Um, but I said the best 
message we get via Patreon will get a sticker. Now, I keep saying sticker book, but it's actually a sheet of stickers. So, sticker book. When I say sticker book, don't expect a book. It's an A4 sheet with lots of different stickers on it. It's a sticker sheet. And I said that if someone wrote in and just wrote, fuck you, and they're the only person to write in, that they would get two sticker books. Yes. One of our loyal listeners, Joy Brighter, wrote in, fuck you. (laughs) And for the first three or four days, it was the only message we received. And we are recording a little early this week. You yeah. Know? It's early on in the week. So no, it's not. We normally no, record yesterday. It's <laughs> well, it's early for next week. Yeah. It's not even next week. It's early for tomorrow <laughs> this is coming out. So I had uh, Drew Brighter in the box seat for two, but then we've received two more messages. So I would like to send Joy, Joy, Joy Brighter. Can I call you Joy? I'd like to send him one just as a congratulations. I like your moxie kid. You didn't fulfill the task completely, but that's not your fault. You hung in there for four days. I'm going to give you one. Exactly. You were the leader. You played the game well. You deserve a prize of sorts. Yeah. Uh, so all you need to do is just uh, send me your address to the same address on Patreon and I'll get a sticker sheet out to you. And maybe if you wanted, you can do a, a, like an unboxing because these haven't been seen yet. We, I think we posted some photos or some links or whatever. But if you want to do a little unboxing of the Tofop sticker book, show everyone what you've got. And maybe not even just an unboxing. Could I be so bold to suggest that perhaps when you first stick one of those stickers on a photograph, ah. you take a photo of that photograph and then send it to us? Because that's the purpose, right? Yeah. You know, the idea is that you can add Will and Charlie to like any photograph or situation. So we want to see some evidence of us being ad- added into family situations or, you know, like kind of street art Banksy style. Yeah, well, yeah, stuck on a street, a street art. I like that. Yeah. Although, is that bad? Do we get in trouble for graffiti if someone sticks our stickers? Oh, stuff? mate, you're such a square. <laughs> you are such a square. I'm the law and order guy. Mr. Bin Police. Mr. Right Wing Bin Police. The Bin Sheriff. Uh, Daniel Rodriguez also contacted us on uh, Patreon. Hey, Tofop. Uh, New York is showing Aquaman two weeks early for Amazon Prime members, uh, for people who are lucky enough to get a ticket. This reminded me of a theory I had that DC has an ultimate goal to be bought out by Amazon and dropped by Warner Brothers. They feel they are, uh, I feel they are making shows uh, and purposely failing in movies and hoping that, that they all have the DC Universe platform well enough to function. Anyway, basically Amazon Prime will take over. So... Uh, DC are intentionally facing with Warner Brothers. They're so they running dead. Over. Yes. Um, I also think Amazon... I mean, mi- what a, a great theory to have. Yeah. It would explain a lot. <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> I also think Amazon might go to the extent to buy out Warner Brothers. Do you think this is realistic or am I just a crazy conspiracy theorist? Dan from New Jersey. I, I think that it's realistic that at some stage Amazon will buy everything. everything. So, yes. We're all going to be owned by Amazon. I think, I think we see your conspiracy theory level and we raise it to Tin Hat... Uh, tinfoil hat level, which is that Amazon will soon own everything and it's all, and it'll be the only way you can listen to this podcast, which they will heavily censor. Yeah. Take all these bits out of about Amazon and replace them with advertisements. Uh, Mostly for Gatling guns. Jeremy Brown is in, t- is in contact. He says, Dear Will and Charlie, thanks to the various podcasts that have kept me entertained as I drive to work at a hospital in Sydney. I'm a, a hero. A, I'm a late arrival. Sending you a hero fax now. Oh, yeah. I would if we still had our fax machine. <laughs> I'm a late arrival to podcasting after one of my junior doctors showed me how. <laughs> oh, nice. Eight years of medical school doesn't know how to listen to a podcast. Show me how to download a podcast. That. <laughs> 
So I've only heard Tofop 1 to 44 and also oh 1... That is not the way to start, by the way. But also 143 to current as I catch up. So he started... Okay. It's kind of like, like the that. start of a book and the end of a book. Something old, something new. Yeah, right. Okay. Oh, you know what? Yeah, side-by-side side comparison. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with you diving into the old end to see where we came from, as long as at the same time you're countering it with some of the top end, the new end. <laughs> top it up. In an early episode, you talk about not wanting a lawyer who listens to the podcast. So my question is, if I was even your doctor, would you rather I pretend I don't know you? <laughs> Let on I'm a listener... Or let on that I know you, but only from respectable content, i.e. your work outside of the podcast. Mm. I'm a, mm. Depends on the situation. Depends on the new. If it's like, Mr. Clawson, you have cancer. And by the way, love the show. It's a laugh a minute. I've got some good news and some bad news. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want the bad news first or the good news? Bad news. Okay, you've got cancer. Good news. Well, Love the podcast. Gave it a five-star review on iTunes. I guess the issue... I signed up to the Patreon. I guess the issue is... Speaking of that, by the way, there were a bunch of people in the front row of my show at the store the other night who uh, led with when I started talking to them that they subscribed to the Patreon. And that oh. is a very aggressive way to stop me making fun of you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> I mean, how do you feel about it? Have you ever encountered someone Every in Every single like doctor that? I've ever had basically has known who I am. But not from the podcast. No, but not from the podcast. Yeah. But like, yeah, but like, I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't think I've had a doctor in the last 20, it, 20 years who had no idea. If that's primarily how they knew you, that, that's what they announced, would that be an issue for you? No, because the rest of my work isn't, you know, it's not like this is some secret shame of mine. Mm. Like it kind of is. But like, <laughs> but do you know I mean like as in... <laughs> you know, it's not like it is so different. If I, if they had only ever seen Gruen, I wouldn't recommend they listen to Tofop yeah, necessarily. Not, but yeah, it's not like. But you, if they did, you're listen stripping to at night or something. It's just like completely different. You're buttoned down during the day, and then at night you're like dancing on tabletops. It's pretty much in the same same sphere. Well, when I was walking back from my show last night, and so these are improvised stand up shows at the Sydney Comedy Store. I imagine people come from a range of things. You know, people who come and see my stand up, people who follow my stand up. You know, some people listen to the podcast, I bet, and, you know, these sort of things. So I'm walking uh, down to catch a taxi and I, this random, just like drunken, yelled out voice was like, two guys, one cup. Oh, really? And I was like, okay, well, that's a... That's a new one? See, that's the unusual one. That, in that situation, that's not where I would have thought they were coming from. Uh, one more thing. I was recently trying to refer a patient to another specialist and was told by the receptionist that a scanned email copy of the letter would not be acceptable could you please print it out and fax it and naturally i thought of you guys forever associated with obsolete technology thanks again for all the laughs thought-provoking content and footy talk oh, okay so there you go that's uh well i think uh yeah that's uh, not bad for our first week of um win yourself a sticker book on patreon I'm very happy about that. Do we send it? We send it to the doctor, though, right? Well, to see. Well, I guess so. Let's send two out this week. Let's not to be out. repeated. No. But Joy, Joy Brada gets one because yeah. he had the nuts to say fuck you. But I think the doctor should get one too because I also Isn't like the idea of who, like a doctor is one of the first people who gets it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And then like, he sticks it around the hospital. A doctor. Yeah, around the hospital. Maybe in a medical book of some kind. Jeremy, like you know, one of those sort of like medical books where they have like Grey's Anatomy or something. Yeah, exactly. And it's just ch like our arm around a skeleton or something. Jeremy, if you can post a photo of you showing a patient an X-ray. <laughs> 
<laughs> and either <laughs> side of little Charlie, <laughs> little Charlie, little Will, either side. Oh, maybe like a, a like an ultrasound for a baby. <laughs> Excellent, excellent. All right, let's go to our regular T-mail, our non-prize winning T-mail. All right. First message is from Brenton. Uh, Hey, Tofop. Also, for your information, Dick Butkiss, spelt Butkiss, is actually a real uh, Hall of Famer known for his ferocity. So hang on. Wait a minute, let me just check the date on this. No, this is right. Okay. We must have talked about Dick Buckkiss once upon a time. Sure. <laughs> Dick was an... Okay, so this is what they say about him in some almanac. Dick was an animal. I called him a maniac, a stone-cold maniac. He was a well-conditioned animal, and every time he hit you, he tried to put you in the cemetery, not the hospital. Deacon Jones, Pro Football Hall of Fame defensive. Well, if, you're, if you've grown up with the name Dick... Oh, Buckus, yeah, you're killing blokes. Like you're, it's like the boy named Sue, you know what I mean? This yeah. is like... You, of course you're fucking hard, Dick Buckkiss. <laughs> Consistently cited as one of the football's meanest, toughest, most feared players, Buckkiss was renowned for his intimidating profile and style of play. He was known to snarl at the opposition prior to plays. Love it. Quarterbacks would complain. How would that go? Um, <laughs> is that a snarl? Because. Ha! It's just part of There's part of me that would not find that intimidating. There's part of me that if somebody. Oh, come on. If it's a massive dude, like 160 kilos monster, came up to you. And aggressively went, ah! Like, are you saying you'd be cool with that? What you I'm, would run away. No, what I'm saying is this. I honestly, I believe this to be true. If I ran out onto the sporting field. Now, if it was just someone in the street or whatever, yes, of course, that would terrify <laughs> me. But, like, I'm on a sporting field. So, let's assume in this scenario, I am someone who is also another professional athlete. Like, I'm at least... He might be the biggest, like, nastiest guy out there, but I'm also a professional athlete. It's not just me hobbling onto the field with my, you know, but it's my personality. Yeah. So I'm prepared for this game. I would be intimidated by the fact we'll that... Well, put your brain in Tom Brady's body. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, all right. I could do something <laughs> like that. So I could make that work. I reckon I could be president. My brain in Tom... Anyway, that's, not, probably <laughs> that's not, a whole new episode. Happen, but if it could happen... Um, Did you I, say probably never going to happen? It's probably. I'm not going to rule it out. But, well, you know, you know, multi-universes and stuff. I assume there's one universe where my brain is in Tom Brady's body and after a lot of sex uh, <laughs> at home, I go on to become president. Like early on, there'd be a lot of sex. But, um, all right. So, uh, Dick Buckkiss. Yep. I'm going out to play on Dick Buckkiss. He's an intimidating hulk of a man. He's a skilled footballer. I am terrified or anxious about those sort of things. Absolutely no doubt, 100%. But then, when this intimidating man leans into me and goes, (laughs) I start laughing uncontrollably because to me that does not make it more terrifying. That makes it funny. Quarterbacks would complain that Buckus would bite them during pileups. I would not enjoy that. Lions tight end, Charlie Sanders, recalls... I mean, a tight end talking about a buttkiss. This is amazing. Lions tight end, Charlie Sanders, recalled buttkiss poking him in the eyes with his fingers through his face mask. Sounds like... I mean, look, I understand you copped a lot of stick growing up. Yeah. Come on, buttkiss. You and Warren G, 
Yep. You need to take a good hard look at your cells. Exactly. I feel like we should have told Foz about butkus. <laughs> but like, we didn't know. <laughs> right. How could we? It would have been amazing if we could have known. I might just text him after this and just write just write butkus. Oh, also butkus. <laughs> also dick butkus. I mean, come on. That's if Fosdyke was going to be drawn to any one part of the show. Call him back. <laughs> Call him back live now and tell him that we've now riffed around a guy called Dick a Buttkiss. Right. That's going to be much more in his zone. He'll be so relieved to hear the news. <laughs> Come on, Foz. Don't, he's probably looking after his child or something. Foz, sorry, uh, you're back on air with uh, me and Will. Um, literally, well, you're back on air with this. We're talking... Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> you're back on air with us. We're calling you back. Because about, about 10 minutes after uh, we hung up on you, we started talking about our next topic, which was a, a letter we got sent talking about footballer Dick Butkus. <laughs> and, as, <laughs> and as soon as those words came out of our mouths, we're like, this is much more in Fosdyke's. <laughs> so the story around... I don't have internet at the moment, so it's going to be really hard to reference. Well, all you, all, all you need to know... <laughs> Dick Butkus, so the, it's it, oh, B-U-T-K-U-S. <laughs> All right, so his story is he was a big, mean, uh, uh, like, defensive linesman or something like that, but everyone said he, was, he would bite people, he'd poke them in the eyes, he would snarl at people before games to intimidate them. Yeah. And mm. Will? But much more importantly, his name is Dick Butkus. Dick Butkus. <laughs> Yeah, not kiss like butt kiss. Yeah, B U T K U S. Yeah, but come on. But you, can, but just, come on, mate. <laughs> come on. It's dick butt kiss, and we all know it. I'm gonna draw a dick kissing a butt. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Hey, we're not. Hey, we're not saying not to do that. Uh, no, in fact, that's yeah. why we called you back. <laughs> Technically, I should just like draw me talking to you on the phone. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> We'll leave you to it. I'm sorry to bother you again. Dick butt kiss. Much better phrase to uh, get around the brain. All right, guys. I'm on it. Bye. Cheers. Have a good day. Amazing. There you go. Um, Oh, shit. There's there's a letter. Yeah, right. right. (laughs) Forgot about that. I mean, why did that? Why was that even part of the letter? Okay, so he would poke people in the face. He once intercepted a pass from Vikings quarterback Fran Tarkenton. Mm. <laughs> His who, was a, who was an actual Viking. Who was from Star Wars. <laughs> At that time, they were only recruiting actual Vikings to the team, the Vikings. Fran Tarkenton. <laughs> Fran Tarkenton and board John Jorgenton. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think it was going to get more ridiculous than Dick Butkus, but mm. Fran Tarkenton is taking the cake. Mm. Uh, okay, so he, inter- he intercepts a pass uh, from Fran Tarkenton near the goal line, and instead of taking the ball into the end zone for an easy touchdown, he took aim at Tarkenton and ran him over. Cheers, Brenton. Oh. Well, at least we got a title for a show. Uh, this is from Alexander. Hey, Tofop. Here's another tantalizing Tofop tidbit. Is that how it goes? Yes. I just realized that after how many times listening, I have no idea how the format works. Shit. I'm sure it will be fine. Well, I've been listening for a year or so, and I'm just wondering why I do. There are so many better... <laughs> 
There are so many better podcasts out there for me to waste my time listening to. Why would I listen to a podcast that has an episode called Pimp My Bin? <laughs> it's utter bullshit. It's two hosts. Uh, it's two hosts, uh, a, real a really obnoxious comedian and an actor who can't do accents. Hang on. <laughs> Your intro for Everyone Read Facts is atrocious. <laughs> no one wants to hear an Australian man hum, question mark, as in like, I'm not even humming properly, a tune as an intro. There are podcasts like uh, Big Soft Titty that have awesome intros produced and written for one-off segments. You can't be bothered to make a half-decent intro for something that I assume will be a long-running segment. Oh, that's the other thing. Uh, I'm reading, I'm, I'm working through old emails. This, this is from October. <laughs> to be honest, I hope it dies out. <laughs> wow. We've got some great news wow. for you. Surprise, surprise. I hope it dies out. doesn't deserve the attention. Also, I feel like you have a podcast. Uh, also, I feel like you have a podcast to complain about your lives. You both complain about your bodies and how you'll die one day. Get over it. You complain more than my little sister. To end my rant, I'm just frustrated that I have listened to all 200 episodes so, or so of your podcast. It's all great, though, and I will happily listen to another thousand but chances are, chances are you will never get there. <laughs> Keep pushing. <laughs> Maybe. Now you, can, now you can milk some more content out of me. Try and pronounce my last name and work out where it's from. I can almost guarantee oh. you'll get it wrong. I'll put the answer below. Oh boy. I hope you read this and keep up the mediocre work, Alexander. <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll have a crack at, at, at this name and then I'll let oh. you have a crack. Um, oh, man. Like, I know that some of that was written, like, to be fun, but it was all just so true that <laughs> it hurt so much. All right, I'm going to crack at this name. Okay. Polyansek. Polyansek? Polyansek. Poljansek. 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 Where do you think he's from? From Poland. He's from Slovenia. Slovenia. Slovenia? Slovenia. Okay, so not a real person. Some <laughs> sort of phone scam. This is some, this is some internet scam. Yeah, yeah. Well, he said he's got like $10 million he needs to wire into yeah, our exactly, account. Right, yeah, but that's, He's I joined mean, the Patreon, it, but we have to give him some money first. It made about as much sense as one of those kind of junk emails. Uh, okay, so his name is pronounced Polyanshek. Polyanshek. We weren't far off. Uh, right. Hey, Tofop. Hey, Will and Charlie. Was listening to the latest... Uh, well... <laughs> probably within the last six weeks, was listening to an episode of Tofop driving to Melbourne to go see the dollop yesterday. Okay, 29th of the 10th is verification. I can let you know I didn't use a ghostwriter for this. Because I couldn't figure out how to send a fax, I'm willing to forego my chances of a sticker book in the hopes you can verify my, claim, my one claim to fame. <laughs> Again, I've got some good news for you. <laughs> During the two-hour drive listening to you two, I was explaining to my wife, Oh, am I just, I, I was feeling okay about the story until I realized there was an innocent victim involved. Like the wife was in this drive to Melbourne, listening to hours and hours of Tofop. Okay. <clears throat> During the two hour drive, uh, I was explaining to my wife, I reckon, uh, what I reckon might be the reason for the connection between Tofop and the dollop. Okay. Seeing as Will will be the guest on the show that night. Let me explain. Are you intrigued? I am. Many years ago. And this actually, I mean, I have read ahead this one letter and this, this is interesting because we have often wondered this. Let me explain. Many years ago, 
when I first discovered podcasts, I searched for my favorite comedians, found Will and this other bloke. I guess that means me. So I started listening to Tofop. This was pretty much from when you started, give or take six months, and you were still calling it 30-odd foot of pod. <laughs> I mean, we got listed in like a best five podcast a few weeks ago on Beat Magazine, and the journalist... Felt good, by the way. God bless him. Felt good felt to good. be included with young people yeah. in a young people's publication. Us two old blokes, I was like, oh, that's really nice, but they then did call it 30-odd foot of pod, yeah. which is not something we've called it for eight years. Uh Technically still the name of it, though. Much like, uh, you know... Um, it's like KFC. Or uh, Walter Griffin Jr. No, what, what was what was Warren G's name? Warren, Warren third, Griffith the third. third. Another of my favourite comedians is Greg Berent. Yes. Because his Comedy Central half-hour special is one of the best I've heard. So this led me to Walking the Room with Greg Berent and another guy I hadn't heard of, Dave Anthony. Also found a bunch of others, but they're irrelevant to this story. During a Walking the Room episode, Greg and Dave were hanging shit on Russell Crowe. I can't remember for what specifically, but there was a lot to choose from. By this stage, I had emailed them a few times with just random stuff, but when I heard this, sent, heard this I sent another saying they should check out Tofop, which is a piss take on Russell Crowe's band named 30 Odd Foot of Grunt. Next episode of Walking the Room, I got a shout-out from Greg for my email. It wasn't long after this, I... Uh, uh, was not long after this life got in the way and I stopped listening to podcasts. About nine months ago, I started getting back into podcasts. So I decided to look up my old favorites. I was pleased that Tofop was still around, but disappointed to discover Walking the Room was no more. But in searching for Walking the Room, I did find the dollop and started, uh, and started binging it and Tofop again. During the binge, I heard a lot of references to the connection now between the five of you, including Gary Gareth, of course. Can you please confirm if this is even remotely how you guys are connected or am I taking or am I talking out of my ass? Keep up the great work and we'll see Will again next Friday. Uh, we'll see Will again next Friday the 9th for Will Eagle. Cheers from Bendigo. Um, any chance of a sticker book, uh, you can send it here. If you don't read this out, if you do read this out, please make sure. Oh my God. If you read this out, please edit to make more readable if you feel it's needed. No, it was all good. All fuck ups were mine. Um, right, so in terms of how we met Greg and Dave, this checks out. My memory of this is that someone contacted me, it may have even been this guy, may have even been Chris, to say, hey, they're talking about you on this American podcast. And so I did a shout out to Walking the Room and I believe the conversation started around that way. But when I've talked to Dave and Greg about it, they feel like uh, they don't remember referencing us or talking about us, but then us sort of reaching out or they listened to us and we had talked about them because I think we then referenced them on the next episode or whatever. But it makes sense. It could be this, right? I think um, that there, there's a little missing step, but I think that this could be definitely a big part of it because Greg and I already previously knew each other. Okay. We had done stand-up together um, you know, in Edinburgh and, and I think maybe somewhere else, you know, so we knew each other a little, not heaps, but we, you know, met a couple of times and been friendly and stuff. And I think that our friend here, Chris, might have met, you know, like written to them. They've mentioned that. Maybe Greg mentioned something about or like reached, I can't remember what the connection is, but maybe there was something around that he knew me from stand-up or whatever, but didn't right. mention the podcast. Right. And then we gave them a shout-out on our podcast. Yeah. And then they heard about that. Yeah. So I think, I think that, it's... incidentally, like, based on what I know about how it all worked and that there, that there is a bit of a mystery about how exactly it all worked, 
I think there's a fair chance that what he's saying is probably true. Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah. I mean, because all I remember... No one's come up with a better theory than that. No. Well, I mean, Dave and Greg don't seem to know. <laughs> it's one of those things... Well, we don't really remember either. I remember no. being alerted to the fact yeah. that they were... T- I, yeah, I thought somebody had sent me a message saying that they had mentioned us on their podcast. That's what I remember. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they had. Maybe someone mentioned that maybe it's like a like a uh well not freaky friday what's that one where Lindsay lohan plays twins where a parent trap it's a parent trap they're setting up two podcasts you know this podcast has been talking about you Psst, you know this podcast has been talking about you and then we like go oh this podcast is interested in it's us let's podcast give them a matchmaker. yeah yeah it's blind podcast day it's not bad actually <sighs> scott gets in contact hey tofop hey will my name is scott i live in a small town uh, yeah, called Inveril in New South Wales. I've followed you since I was about 10 years old and listening to you and Adam on Triple J every morning when I woke up and got ready for school. I've always enjoyed your stand-up and grew in, etc. I'm also an avid listener of TOEFOP. I just want to say that your story with your osteoarthritis and your open advocating of weed legalization is inspiring, but also very close to me because when I was 18, I developed an autoimmune, I developed autoimmune arthritis uh, called, oh man, I'm going to fuck this up, ankylosing spondylitis. Okay. Uh, can our doctor, resident doctor just <laughs> don't fact check no. me on that. I'm on some heavy meds which have horrible side effects and I'm sure as a smoker of the trash weed we have here and the small, and the small bit, it helps you understand the importance of legalization to get proper medication for a range of ailments is definitely something that we must make happen. As you can understand, I have an extra interest in how it could help ease my pain much more efficiently than this rubbish I'm on. Anyway, basically I want to say thanks for your work and I hope, uh, for our sake, all the effort will be worth it. Thanks for giving hope for those of us whose voices can't travel as far as yours can. All the f- all the best for the future. P.S. Uh, I'm an infrequent flyer, frequent flyer to doctors, etc., all over the place regularly. I'm happy to say it's been a 98% positive experience, especially with my disabilities. I'm always looked after as far as being wheeled to and from planes. And even on a recent night stay over in Brisbane, I was wheeled all the way to the hotel by the guy who wheeled me off the plane. I was amazed. I hope you can only get this kind of treatment from now on. Keep up all the amazing work you do for everybody, but especially for people in similar situations that don't have the platform you do. You are my hero, Will. Regards, Scott. Oh, well, that's very nice. Thank you, Scott, for saying that. But um, I am probably thinking more and more openly about advocating on behalf of, you know, for weed legalisation because I felt for a while that I was just like, you know, I don't know enough about the topic, but mm. I feel like over the last three years, four years or whatever, and I've seen it, I've seen it up close and I've seen it happen in countries and I've seen it be brought in in states. And I think that there is absolutely no excuse that this country doesn't really lift its game when it comes to at least medicinal marijuana and making it very much more widely available to people. I just think the, I, I just think it is the only sensible thing that we should be doing. And I do think that we should be having a conversation more broadly about you know, the legalization of the cannabis at the very least, and then about some other drugs, or at least rethinking how we actually, what our attitude to these drugs is. You know, we're here in New South Wales, and just overnight there's been another dance music festival where some mm. people died because they had some dodgy pills, and yet the New South Wales government won't allow pill testing at, you know, at, at festivals. I just think that these sort of things, I know people say, well, just don't take the pills or don't do those sort of things, but mm. that's just. There's a, there's a, like people, there's a, people do those things. And the, the, the kids already have the pills when they get to the festival. They're going to take the pill. So tell me, convince me why yeah. it somehow makes it worse that they could go and get that pill tested 
by somebody there at the festival. It's not encouraging them to take the pills. It's mm. not encouraging them to do it's, anything other than what they were actually doing. They already have the pills in their pocket. Yeah. They're going to take them regardless. Give them somewhere they can at least go and test the pills and make sure it's not rat poison or whatever. But don't you feel like there's a dissonance between how like Australians like see themselves and then what the reality is? Because oh, it absolutely. is this attitude that's like this puritanical attitude. It's like, but that's not what you see on an average night. All it's you need ridiculous. to do is travel through any major city on a Saturday night. And you tell me like, Everyone's not fucked up. Australia has one of the highest proportions of uh, drug use per capita of anywhere in the world. That's my whole point with this is like, we are just living these two completely different realities. Mm. This one where people are like, oh yeah, no, we'll keep it all illegal and blah, blah, blah. And the other one where everyone from lawyers to entertainers to truck drivers to, you know, suburban housewives to whatever aspect and level of society, somebody's doing some sort of drug to get them through their life or enjoy themselves or do these sort of things. So the idea that we're just ignoring that that is happening so that we can keep this like la-di-da, like war on drugs, tough on crime, blah, blah, blah. And we just intentionally, it's like when they send the sniffer dogs to the dance festival, Mm. but they don't send them to the fucking Logies or the, you know, the opera bar or the, you know, the the horse races. If they do send them to Logies, can you just let me know? Just send me a text. I mean, that's mostly why I don't go to the (laughs) Logies. In case they one year do. Uh, Travis writes in Hey Tofop Hey guys New listener And Patreon member of the show Well congratulations Travis uh, If next you had time... written this Through Patreon You'd be uh... <laughs> Like in a sticker book Exactly uh, I have started listening From episode one And as of late I'm finding it very amusing Listening to the Current topics of 2010 Such as Charlie saying In episode seven I don't think the Avengers Will work <laughs> <laughs> I would love actually If you are listening From the start you know that my preference is that people don't listen from the start, but if you do listen from the start, if you could make a list of those sort of outrageous predictions of things that we have done that have just been completely untrue and send them through occasionally, that would be fun. You know that we uh, have an intern who logs the content of every episode. Well, that, I know, but that I, exists. Like, I like the idea of just somebody going, doing yeah, the hard how, work how for you. this? Yeah. This one thing. Uh, after you talked about that, there was 20 minutes of bullshit talk about dick fish, I might add. Mm. And that's why we don't like you listening to the early episodes. Anyway, got distracted. Sorry. My question, assuming it hasn't already been discussed, if you could own any company or brand in the world, only one, but you would have to be in, you'd be in complete control, what would it be and based what would it be and based on what would your biggest misuse of the company and what would be your biggest misuse of company resources it can be messed up as you want no one will know but you so consequence free um but i own any company in the world yeah ps can't be uh can't be to use a fax machine (laughs) (laughs) love the show keep it up you can own any company and then do whatever you want with it and what would be the greatest misuse of funds well, I mean, okay. Well, I, I mean, I think I would have to own a technology company. No, I was going to say Facebook. No, I, I mean, I'm going bigger. I want Apple. Right. I think I, I think I, I've got some good ideas about how they can make Apple better. Right. Based mostly on my own personal experience of using my computer. <laughs> oh man, I've just got a new yeah. MacBook Pro. Is it? Are there issues? No. Oh, well, oh. just know that. Well, I I had to fix something the other day. Right. Like I suddenly didn't have any storage. Right on my computer and I'm like this one's meant to have like heaps of storage and so I deleted like all these like you know movies I had on there or like and I was just like and then I went ah episodes of Smallville all had to go exactly so I had to go into like you know about this Mac or whatever you know the little thing up in the corner 
preferences. At this point, I'm already beyond my capabilities in the technical world. As soon as I have to go into that top bar to find things, that's beyond me. Um, And anyway, it turns out there's something that things get stored on the... Anyway, whatever. There was a video tutorial on YouTube and I followed it and I downloaded an app and I sorted it out. But I want an Apple computer where I don't have to do that. (laughs) The bare minimum. Dumb it down more. That's my <laughs> policy for Apple. That's you. I can see you in your black skivvy at the annual kind of yeah. like tech launch and just get out there on stage and you say, the new MacBook Pro for idiots. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> and then the video is just like monkeys smashing it against the wall and defecating on it and stuff. Yeah. And just and crossfade to the Apple logo. And they come up with the complete works of William Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, I finally crack it. And that's going to be my biggest misuse of the funds, hiring all the monkeys. I'm going to buy, I'm going to use a lot of Apple stocks to buy hundreds and hundreds of monkeys and put them in a room with Apple computers until they write Shakespeare. That'll be my program. I'll, uh, I'll take over Facebook and I'll engineer it so that everyone, not, it's not like it'll no longer become the social network. It will literally just become a Charlie's bulletin board. So every day you log on and I've written another either lame inspirational quote <laughs> Or I'll soapbox about a day-to-day issue that's really bugged me and it'll be four paragraphs long. Well, I, I, I like... The, to the, access your information, you'll have to read you it. You have to read it yeah. and answer three questions on it. <laughs> yeah. It's like one of those, are, are you a robot tests? Yeah, you have to tell me which Game of Thrones character you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking maybe you could be like Tom on MySpace. Yeah. And then everybody just has to add you as one of their main <laughs> friends in the profile. So every time everybody's Facebook page comes up, you're like, everyone's like, my child's got a lot of friends. Um, I don't have a lot of friends. I'm, I'm, how close are you to deleting Facebook? Uh, I, I only keep it because of, of my... TOEFOP? Yeah. Well, I mean, of the, my work stuff. Right. I barely use the... Well, in fact, I never post... Any, I've got my Instagram now linked and my Twitter and stuff linked. So, like, if I post stuff on those, it also posts on my Facebook. Yeah, so you don't have to go to it. But I don't go to it, no. No. Birthdays. But birthdays I'm, are good. I'm missing some birthdays now because I'm not on Facebook enough. I'll go days without looking at Facebook for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels, it's weird that you'd think, but it feels old, doesn't it? It feels like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to do less social media anyway, but I'm currently doing shows, which requires me to do a bit of it just to plug stuff. And well, why don't you plug your shows, Will? Because we've come to the end of the show. Okay, it Sydney, seems like a good time. Uh, Sydney Comedy Store for um, when you hear this, another four or five nights. Come along. Um, uh, there's a kind of a new Sydney comedian uh, doing five minutes at the start of every show as His well. His name's so. Clarly Chawson. Yeah. No, a range of people. So I've already had some brilliant ones. Um, uh, Nikki Britton did the first night and uh, Sam Taunton did the second night and uh, Zoe uh, Cetus did the uh, third night. And I hadn't seen Zoe before, but I thought she was really fantastic. Um, and so I've got a few more running through this week as well. So that's been really fun. And um, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday shows, uh, there is no show after me, so I can go longer on those nights. So if you're looking for one of the longer shows, come on Tuesday or Wednesday. That'd be cool. And my new tour, Critically Will... No, no, that's not what it's called. I've already done that one before. Uh, Will Informed is the name in the new, t- new tour. 
It's on sale in Hobart where they, in the Mercury newspaper, put a picture of Charlie Pickering and said it was me. And uh, it is on sale for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival and selling very fast. And there'll be other dates to come later in the year, but I'm not doing Adelaide Fringe or Brisbane Comedy Festival uh, early in the year, unfortunately. Uh, Go to tofop.com to check out this and many other great podcasts. Uh, Willosophy is is churning along with some really great compilation episodes. Yeah, Mike, Radio Mike, Podcast Mike has done a very good job doing those compilations and there's still some... Is that like Warren G's? Posse, Radio Mike and Podcast Mike. Yeah, exactly. Correct. Yeah, yeah. No one listens to Podcast Mike's albums. That's a problem. Radio <laughs> Mike has much higher sales. Yeah, but the Mike Squad do stuff, <laughs> good stuff together. Uh, if you want to support the show, the best way to do that is to either buy something from one of our sponsors, which uh, this episode is movement.com, or to go to patreon.com forward slash TOFOP. And you can subscribe for any amount. It's a monthly amount that will get deducted from your card. And for that, you get access to bonus content. Uh, we'll give you notifications of things like What's- live shows. What's some of the bonus content? Um, so we've got our, all our Q&A videos. Uh, we've got um, uh, behind-the-scenes photos taken by Shane Maluga. Um, we have Quantum Cop. We've got Everyone Relax. There's a shit ton of stuff. The Tofop 100 book is up there, a digital version, downloadable digital version. So there's lots of stuff yeah. there. And you get access to all that stuff basically at the $1 level. So you yeah. can just sign up and... Um, you know, and get, the best thing about that. it, Will, if you want to get a sticker book, is you go to the message window and send us a message. And the best message each week... Uh, we'll get a sticker book. Uh, next week is our last episode for 2018. We're going to take a, a, a four weeks off, I think, mandated four weeks off. So um, uh, uh, we will be recording that later this week. We'll try and think up some more interesting stuff. Hopefully I hear another odd use of words in a rap song on the Uber over here. <laughs> I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you.